A lack of information around addiction and mental health issues has led to a lot of confusion. Heroes in Recovery is here to set the record straight and break the stigma through the power of storytelling and by celebrating the heroic efforts of those who walk this road of recovery every day. Our movement is built on the personal journeys of survivors, shining a spotlight on the disease of addiction and creating a global community of support. Go to heroesinrecovery.com to share your story, read hundreds of others, or join us for a 6K race. Together, we can break the stigma. Yo, what's up? This is Jacoby from Papa Roach. This is Ryan Lee. This is Wes. This Here. is Bob Ford. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. What's up? Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. And thanks to you for supporting the show. Have you checked out the I Am Sober app? If not, you can go to that soberguy.com right now and you can download it there for free. You can get an overview of your sobriety milestones. You can see how much money you saved. You can also get some daily notifications to help keep you on track and headed in the right direction. You can get the I Am Sober app at the IamSoberApp.com website. That's IamSoberApp.com. You can also go to that SoberGuy.com. Uh, it's also available at the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store. Check it out today. It's a great tool to help keep you on track and uh, an- another great tool to add to, uh, to your recovery program. Um, also, are you looking for help or do you have a family member or friend who needs some help? Uh, maybe you have some questions you need answered. You need some information. You don't know where to turn to. You don't know where to look. Uh, you can call Foundations Recovery Network. They have a confidential and private line. And let me give you that number. It's one 877 714 Uh, Foundations has nationwide residential and outpatient facilities. They also have a lot of other great resources available, um, like I said, to answer any questions or to get any information. Uh, We've been working with Foundations for a couple of years now. Um, I know a lot of the people in there personally, and they're all phenomenal, amazing people who really do care. So uh, if you're looking for a resource, once again, let me give you that number. It's 1-877-714-1318. All right, we're going to get to our guest today. I'm super pumped to have him. Uh, His name is Tate Gunning. Let me give you a little background about him. Uh, Tate is a recovery advocate and a speaker. Uh, He was acclaimed as one of Arizona's finest high school athletes where he won three state championships, two as quarterback and one as a shortstop. Um, A baseball scholarship took him to Arizona State University where partying overtook his priorities. For the next 15 years, he spiraled downhill into addiction And finally, while living homeless, he overdosed on heroin and nearly died. And uh, this was also the experience that changed his life. Uh, Now, uh, Tate is four years sober. He helps others find balance and enjoyment in recovery. And uh, he entered his life's purpose with the creation of his website, In-House Treatment. And uh, today, Tate pursues a career in commercial real estate and trains young athletes uh, while healthy living paves the development of in-house treatment. Uh, super stoked to have him today. He's a super rad dude and he's going to share some of his story and talk to us a little bit today about his recovery and hopefully inspire some of y'all out there uh, and let you know that you can do the same. So Tate, man, it's great to have you today, man. Welcome to uh, sober guy radio. Shane, what's up, brother? I'm 
I'm glad to be here. Been uh, following Sober Guy uh, Radio and following Shane Raymer for a long time. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude, I'm pumped, man. I appreciate the support, and uh, it's always good to hear uh, positive feedback feedback like that. That uh, we're we're providing a solid platform here. Um, so you're out in Arizona, is that right? Yeah, born and raised uh, Mesa, Arizona, just just east of Phoenix. Nice, nice. And uh, see, I didn't know until I got some of your info, man. I didn't know you were a ball player, man. So that's legit, right there. Uh, who's you got a team? Or are you, you following baseball on the on the major league level too? Oh, for sure. You know what's funny is one of the first things I remember in getting in contact with uh, with you online, you know, social media is uh-huh. uh, you wear a nice A's hat. <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you. Repping the Oakland for sure. <laughs> I remember the old teams with like Ricky Henderson and oh, uh, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire, Walt Weiss. I mean, those those were the guys. <laughs> so. Um, the A's was actually my team growing up and then the D-backs came to town. And so I'm a, I'm a D-backs fan. That's cool, man. So you're keeping it local. So you get to get out and get to some games and such in in your area. Oh yeah, that's right. It's, it's like 20 minutes away and we try and hit a, hit a few games every season for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Those are the days you're talking about Ricky Henderson, Walt Weiss, uh, Dave Henderson, Dave Stewart, uh, of course the Bash (laughs) brothers. I mean, we used to go to those games and just, um, you know, it, it's still cheap to go to an A's game, which is great. But even back then, it was it was dirt cheap. You could go have a good time. Um, you know, bring your whole family out there, and uh, they they were winning some championships then too. And so these days, that's a little bit different. Hopefully, hopefully they get a better team together this year. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah, those were the days. I, I remember growing up watching baseball, and that that was always my team. You know, they they had the flash, but um, you know, good coaching staff, just fun to yeah. watch fun to watch those teams for sure were you uh now so you 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 played football and baseball what was kind of your forte which one would you say you liked better you know it's funny because um growing up I was I was playing all three I was playing basketball too and Hmm. that's just kind of what we did you know our our whole family uh our whole family life evolved around sports you know my my little brother plays and my, my little sister plays and so that's what we were doing from the time that from the time that we were kids and um you know, I always enjoyed playing football, but but baseball was something that just always kind of came natural. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I uh, I saw though too in um, uh, in your bio that y- you grew up in a pretty healthy family, from from what I understand. And it's crazy to me how um, you know, this addiction thing, it doesn't really discriminate no matter what you do. Obviously we see a lot of people who experience trauma and have been through some shit in their childhood who come out and end up, um, you know, getting addicted to alcohol or drugs or having, um, mental health issues in your case, man, it sounds like you grew up in a pretty solid family. So, uh, maybe we can start there and just take us back to, uh, to maybe what life was like with, with you as a kid growing up. Yeah, that's a, that's a great starting point. And, you know, we didn't we didn't see this thing coming. It and it gets to a point where it sneaks up on you, and and before you know it, you know you're spiraling out of control. But but you're right. You know the the way I was raised was um, real fundamental. You know, it was was in a good house. Dad was working. Um, Mom was in the kitchen baking cookies. You know, <laughs> good relationship with the brothers and sisters and neighbors. Um, you know, religious going to church on Sundays and hanging out with grandpa and grandma on the weekends, you know? And so, um, that's my foundation. You know, that, that, that's, that's how I was raised. Pretty solid, like tight knit family, a lot of love. Um, it sounds like a lot of, a lot of good times, probably some good memories too, man. A lot of love, a lot of great memories, but 
Um, one thing I wanted to hit on too was the city of Mesa is, is a real tight city too. And so, you know, the, the surrounding family, um, the surrounding friends, um, just a real strong, just a real strong network. And, you know, people still in my corner, um, today, even after all that we've been through. And so, um, you're right. That that's exactly how it was brought up. How big is uh, Mesa? How many people in, in the city of Mesa? Man, it's it's a suburb of Phoenix, and so the okay. the Phoenix, the whole Phoenix metropolitan area is growing every day, and um, it's a monster market. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I would imagine you probably spent a lot of time out in Phoenix then too. If that, I mean, if you're in, you're, you're getting into the city, and as you start getting older, um, what what kind of happens? What tra- what transpires like through playing sports, and then as you get maybe into your teen years, like where does um, where does life start to change a little bit for you? You know, life was always pretty consistent until, um, until the high school years. And, um, so we got, we got Phoenix downtown that's, um, big, but the cool thing we got is Arizona state, which is in, um, Tempe, Arizona. And so, uh, Arizona state's, you know, big college town, Tempe's a big college town and, and it borders Mesa. And so, um, between Phoenix and between, um, you know, Tempe mill Avenue, um, Arizona state, you know, pack 10, pack 12 stuff. Um, that was what we did on the weekends. No, uh, no partying whatsoever, Arizona state or anything, right? <laughs> it's like, that's, that's, that's right. kind of the, the hub for, for that spot. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they have a pretty good athletic program, but they've yeah. got a, a stronger party program. Well, I remember they were in, uh, they were in the world series, College World Series, weren't they? Like, I, I don't know how many, not too long ago, or am I all jacked up on that? I want to say no, I remember no, them. They got an incredible baseball program, and um, I think the last time they were in the series, they were going back and forth with either UCLA or, or Stanford or, or one of your schools out there, SC. And um, But that's all Pac-12 stuff, you know, and so um, ASU's right down the street, and ever since I was a little kid, you know, I was watching baseball games there, going to football games there, and um, – just supporting the team. So, so kind of take us through then in, in the high school, um, you're playing sports. Where do, you know, where, where does, where does it start to change where you start drinking or start using drugs or how does that kind of take shape and, and, and change your life? You know, it's, it's funny because we touched on it and, uh, I was raised real proper, you know, real fundamental, real, real Mormon in a Mormon home. And, um, so, you know, we had a lot of rules and, um, in a way it was real sheltered, hmm. you know, I, I almost lived in a, um, in a bubble. And so there's pros and there's, there's cons with that. Um, you know, I didn't see the cons until later on in life, but the pros definitely paved the, paved the foundation for athletic success because, you know, I was the kid that was waking up before elementary school and hitting baseballs off a tee, hmm. or I was the kid that was coming home from, you know, junior high and, and playing catch with dad and, and videotaping my throwing mechanics. And, um, you know, so that discipline, um, that discipline really, really propelled me forward in athletics. And so I was real structured even up through, um, high school, you know, not a whole lot of partying, not a whole lot of hanging out. It just was, it just was sports, sports, sports. And then, so that led to you getting a, a scholarship for baseball, right? Yeah, so that's right. So in high school, we, um, 
I played, um, you know, on the football team as a quarterback, and we won two state championships. We went back to back my junior and senior year in the state of Arizona, um, undefeated high school teams, and then um, in baseball, you know, we won another state championship. And so, I went to a big high school in in Arizona. Um, you know, I had a fun ride and did the whole recruiting process, and um, ended up going to take a baseball scholarship at, at Arizona State and. And, you know, once I got there, that's kind of when things started to change. Did you feel did you feel like uh, this was a huge, um, you know, step in the right direction, like living out your dream? I mean, I know if you're if you're hitting balls off a tee when you're just a little guy and you're playing ball all through your life, very athletic, and then you get to this level um, you know, in a, 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 a D one school and an opportunity to play baseball. I mean, what was that like? Like where, where did that, um, where did that kind of take you emotionally in, in your own head? I look back at it now and I can see where I can see where we fell short. Um, uh, because that was my goal was to play college sports to get it, to get a scholarship. And, um, you know, I, I can see cl- clearly now that um, it was a goal setting issue because because once I got there, I felt like I accomplished the goal. And so, you know, I lost track of everything else. I stopped uh, I stopped going to school. You know, I thought I was just going to play baseball for the rest of my life. Hmm. And um, I stopped, you know, I stopped doing the little things, the little things right. And you got to keep in mind, it was my first real life experience where I was out of a, a sheltered home and you know, in a partying, um, sort of environment. And so, man, it just didn't, it just didn't take long for tobacco to lead to alcohol and for alcohol to lead to marijuana and for marijuana to lead to cocaine and, um, slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, um, like throwing a kid in a candy store, huh? Like who's never had a piece of candy. You're just like, here you go. (laughs) Have at it. And, uh, man, I can see like, you know, how, uh, and there's a lot of a lot of kids out there that that go through that where um you know I look back when I was 20 man I was so immature I'm still immature I'm 36 I'm still immature but like when I look back then like man the maturity level especially of a dude um you know who's experiencing new stuff is is uh you know it can be it can be tough um well, you said that it you know it started with tobacco and then led to alcohol and then and then um you know you said weed or cocaine I can't remember which order but um so how does that kind of progress though? Like where does that come in and just, and just kind of ruin everything around you? <laughs> you know, it, it kind of creeps in slow until it's got a stranglehold on you. And then at that point, you know, not only did you not see it coming, but it's, but it's got you. And so, um, you know, for me that took some time because I, I could kind of get to a point where I could feel some things slipping and getting out of control. And so I would, I would try and rein it in. Um, but it wouldn't last, you know, I'm, I'm a curious devil. And so I was always looking on to, on to the next thing. Um, and the next thing, you know, and so it, it turns out I get, I get kicked off the baseball team. Um, I come home, um, you know, do some missionary work for my church. And so you, you can see, I get kicked off the team and then I, I, I clean up my act and, and go do missionary work. And when I got home from the missionary work, I, I get married and, you know, so all these all these things start to evolve, but the whole time I was never really committed to the things that I was doing because in the back of my mind, all I could really think about was the next party or um, the next thing to do. And so, 
you can see where you can see where my mind was. You know, I was up and down, up and down, peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And that was, you know, that was my twenties. That that was how yeah. I lived in my twenties. And so, you know, slowly but surely it gets to that point where um it's just completely out of control. Yeah, and you you mentioned um you mentioned too like you stopped doing the little things, man. And I, I want to bring that up because I think that's such a good example of just recovery in general or just life in general too, whether it's being a father or, um, or being a husband or just being a good friend or just a good person. Um, if we kind of, if we kind of, uh, compare that though, to recovery, if, when we're not doing the little things, when we're not doing the things that, um, you know, that, that keep us in check, that keep us on that right path, that's when things can start going uh, downhill fast. And so I don't want to fast forward too far ahead, but like how, how far or how important it is for you like today to do the little things in your recovery. Just like, I think before we even started recording, we kind of mentioned that a little bit, that, that little step process in the morning. Like I wake up, I do a little meditation. I say a prayer, I go on a jog, I hit the gym, like whatever it is that you do to get your mind right. Like, what does that look like for you today? And how is that different from you know, back in, you know, your college days when it, it really didn't work out for you. <laughs> I, I sorry, just, sorry, that was like eight questions in once I know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're on a, I think we're on a good topic here and um, definitely in the middle of a good conversation. So I, I appreciate going back and forth with you, brother. Um, and we speak the same language, you know, because I always, I always figured myself for a guy that w- would shoot from the hip and could, um, you know, just kind of show up and, and be a producer and be able to develop and be an asset. But the real truth of the whole matter is like, I need the structure, you know, I need the discipline. I need the goals. I need the vision. I need to be on time. I need to keep my word. You know, I need to make my bed. I need to meditate. I need to eat a good breakfast. You know, I need to do all these things because, um, not only do they keep me balanced, but they keep me progressing, you know, and they keep me happy. And so looking at it now, and sometimes it's hard to see the complete vision, but when I start letting go of certain things that are part of my daily routine, you know, it's a red flag for me because I know when I slip, I slip fast and, um, I don't want to let any of that creep in, you know? And so there was a point where I possibly was even too staunch with it. And so I'm trying to find the balance in all things right now, but I think that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. You're you're right on point. And if I could ask you real quick, and then we'll get back to um, you know, to 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 where, um, you know, it said you found yourself homeless, you overdosed and, and nearly died. So I definitely want to touch on that. But before we get there, like I know I'm never perfect on on each day. Some some days are better than others. But um, if if it's like that for you. Like on a on a on a pretty good day, what does a, a pretty good day look like for you? And waking up and staying in in inside of your program and staying locked into a, to like a positive mental attitude and taking care of business. Like, what does that look like? Man, I always say daily recovery, but to be even more truthful, it's it's hour to hour, it's minute to minute, you know, for me. And so, you know, I I start after my alarm wakes up, and you know, the first thing I do is hit the pillow and pray. And then, you know, I take some deep breaths um, and then I make my bed and then I drink some water, you know. And so I'm slowly creeping myself into a a structure, but also a a routine because I I found that 
the more systematic I am in the morning, um, I can really put myself in a powerful position to, to take care of the rest of the day, you know? So, but between breakfast, um, you know, between doing the dishes, between, um, shaving. And then the last thing I like to do after I'm cleaned up is meditate. You know, that's like the first two hour window of my day. And that's, and that's every single day, you know, Monday through Sunday. Um, is there, is there days where maybe you don't feel as locked in as you want to be? Like, how do you deal with those days where, um, they just, they just feel a little bit off. Is there something that specifically that you do or you just kind of roll with it? You know, just, we're not perfect, right? Dude, we're not perfect and they come around, you know, and I'm prepared for them to come around in the future too. But those are the, those are the really important days where you really need to buckle down and take things a step more serious and uh, make things a, a step more important and um, put a little bit more emphasis into every single thing that you're doing. Um, because I've seen those days go both ways. You know, I, yeah. I folded in those days yeah. and I, I've seen that whole day turn to shit, you know, where, where I didn't get anything done. I was in a bad mood and then I'm depressed and then I don't sleep good. And that could creep into a whole week. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then before you know it, you, what you woke up and, uh, the week or maybe even the month is over and you're like, man, what the hell just happened? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, man, and when, when you were saying that too, uh, Tate, when you were saying like, you know, you, you wake up, like you pray, you take a drink of water. Like I, I had this picture in my mind as you were saying it, like you're conscious, like you're state, you're, you're, you're thinking with your conscious, like brain, you know, and I'm not like a therapist. I'm not some fucking deep dude or anything, but like, I just, I just picture that. And I, and I, I really do try to do that too. Like, because I, I find myself on autopilot so much because I'm so busy and trying to grind like through, you know, getting work done and like being a dad and husband and all that stuff. Like, like how, how important is it though for, for us to like be conscious, like, like you said, in the moment, in the minute, I mean, that's huge. Oh man. You know, it's always about right now. It's like, what, you know, what are you doing? Um, right now because one thing i like to do is future trip or one thing that really yeah. brings me down is living in the past you know because we have some bad memories shane you know like we, we've been through the ringer and so just trying to stay plugged in and totally conscious of everything that's going on right now and trying to make right now the most important second of your life um it's a timeless principle you know it, it always works but man it's easy to it's easy to lose track of too yeah. Yeah. So, so on that note, then let, let's take a few minutes and uh, a few minutes and explore, uh, some, some of your past, man, if you're cool with that. Um, what's, uh, you know, it, it, it spiraled downhill fast for you. You already kind of mentioned that you, you went back home, you got married and then you find yourself kind of lost. Like what led to you being homeless and nearly dying of a heroin overdose, man, it was a scary road. Um, uh, you know, and I, ch I try not, it's healthy to think about in small doses, you know? And so I, I absolutely don't mind being completely transparent and, and honest, but, uh, man, it got, you know, the real truth is, is that it, it got scary, you know? And, and I don't know com completely how it happened, but the, sp the perfect storm, um, you know, transpired. And so, um, like we were talking about, it just escalated and it continued to escalate. And I didn't see the signs, you know, I, I want to say that um, a champion spirit always thinks he's going to overcome every little thing that comes into his life, you know, but mm. I wasn't prepared for this one. 
Um, and so it, it took a long time to get to the point where I was humble enough to actually get help, you know, but I tried, tried counseling. I tried therapy, you know, I did a year and a half in jail. And so, you know, like a, a 15 window goes by and, and all those things happen and, um, you're not doing anything except, um, making it worse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, dude. Um, did you have like a, or like, I guess, well, I mean, you kind of did because you, you nearly died, but what was your, what was your awakening? I guess, like, what was that moment where you just said, dude, I've had enough of this shit. Like I need to do something about it. Like, and what did you do? Man, it, it finally happened, you know, and, um, it's interesting how the most traumatic event in your life can also become the biggest blessing. And, um, that was the case on, um, October, uh, it was October of, um, 2013. I was, I was homeless, you know, downtown Mesa and, um, in a bad neighborhood, you know, in a bad house and, um, took too much heroin. I was on all sorts of other stuff and, and boom, you know, went out right there at the house. Uh, so, you know, I don't remember much of what happened after that, but, um, evidently the people in the home, you know, got scared and, um, picked me up from my legs, you know, and so they're dragging me out of their house, um, by my feet, you know, and drug me down some stairs. And so my head's kind of just banging through, you know, a little rock pile and they took me around, you know, kind of past the garbage can and stuff. And, um, they left me right there, you know, on the street and, um, in downtown Mesa. And, um, that was the sort of people that I was, you know, that was the sort of people that I was running around with. And, um, you know, I woke up, I woke up the next day in the hospital and, um, my dad was there, you know, some of my family was there. Evidently somebody had called the paramedics and, um, I got revived and, you know, I was, was real foggy there, um, for a couple of days, you know, but, uh, that, that was the experience that, that really spurred everything else into, into movement because I, I woke up and I remember looking in the mirror, you know, and, uh, I had blood, you know, coming down, dried on my face and it was in my ears and down, you know, on my neck. And, uh, I was just a wreck, you know, my shirt was ripped that, and, uh, but my, but my dad was there, you know? And so that's the thing I remember is that, uh, you know, that, that event, look, actually looking in the mirror and just being scared to death because I, I almost saw my, my life flash, you know, was, um, was the thing that I needed to get, to get the help. And so, um, humbling experience, but that was really the first day of, um, you know, the first day of my recovery and the first day of, of the rest of my life. Yeah, man, that's incredible, bro. Like, dude, that's some sad shit, man, that, you know, I mean, everything too, but, I, I can't get over the fact that, uh, you know, these, these people just dragged, basically dragged your ass outside and left you there, man. That's just fucking cold. Some cold shit, <laughs> man. You know, but th- that's the position I put myself in. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I take complete ownership for the mistakes. I take complete ownership for the, the sort of decisions that I was making. But, you know, the real, the real beautiful part of the story is, is that, that was exactly what I needed to kick my ass in gear, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, we talk about like God's blessings and how, um, you know, you take a bad situation and, and turn it into something that is absolutely amazing. Um, 
I mean, now what you're four years sober, I think too, you and I share, cause I got sober in 2013 too. And I think we're just a couple months apart in that. So you have five years coming up this year. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And you got, you got five coming up too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Sep- my, mine is September 11th and I want to say yours was December something. Is that right? Yeah. December 7th. So you, nice. you got five, a couple months. Nice. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So we, we were both uh, going through our own struggles in early 2013, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, so, so let's, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I appreciate you sharing a little bit of that. I know sometimes it's not easy going back. And even when we just, um, you know, have to relive it just for a short period of time. So I really do appreciate you sharing because I think it's important to get to know like where this came from, um, you know, where, where you've come from there. Now let's get to the, the, the most important part. And I think that's sharing what life is like today and what you've been able to overcome and what you've been able to accomplish. Um, like I said, you're, you're, you're four years sober. You got five years coming up today. Like what does life look like for you, man? And, um, and, and how, how has your life changed? Man, life is good, you know, and, a lot of ways I feel like I'm making up for lost time too. And so I want to try and make every minute count. Um, you know, but it, but the real truth is it's taken a long time to come around, you know, when you're, um, when you're screwing around for 15 years, you know, um, yeah, I'm happy with four years, you know, and it's something that we should be, um, excited about because we're starting to come around, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I realized that it's going to take a while to completely iron out, you know, the mess that I made. And so, um, you know, I'm at this point, I'm prepared. Um, I'm prepared for the long haul, you know, and, um, it's taken a minute to get that sort of, you know, mind frame built where I feel like I'm prepared to go to battle, you know, and, um, just excited to see, to see what transpires and, um, you know, where, where things go from here, because, uh, you know, we've built up some good momentum we got a lot of good things going. And so I'm excited to see how, you know, things play out at this point. Yeah. So what, what's up with in-house treatment? How did that start? And, and give us a rundown on what in-house treatment is and how it can help others out there who might be interested in checking it out. And in-house treatment, it's going to be a, a work in progress, but I remember it so clearly because it was, um, it was September of 2016 and I was getting ready to go to church and it was one of those events where, um, I, I was shaving, you know, doing my morning routine and just part of, um, you know, kind of the, um, day to day sort of ritual and, um, boom, it hit me, you know, and it, and when it came, it came strong as like, I knew I had something, I didn't really know what it was, but it hit me in a way that I wanted to take action on it, you know, and, and what I saw was this, um, recovery platform and being able to share some of the things that have worked for me, you know, in my recovery. And so, you know, right then it started. And so I, I got the website built. I had a friend help me build it. Um, you know, and the website's real small right now. It's got um, a blog on it. It's got a homepage, you know, an about us page. And um, we work with addicts in the Valley. You know, we got a handful of kids right now that we're mentoring and um, it's going to be a work in progress for sure. But that's, that's how it all came, you know? And so since that point, I've started to put some of the pieces um, in play, you know, and things are starting just barely to, to click together. We, where we got a vision and we got some goals that we're um, trying to accomplish here in the next year. And so, um, you know, we do social media. It's just, it's just an exciting time to see actually where, where it goes. 
Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, it is. It is exciting, and the websites. The website's really cool, man. I checked it out uh, the other day. Um, let me plug it for you real quick too. It's inhousetreatment.com. Um, and, and all these links in here, um, Tate's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, in-house treatment.com. We'll put them all in the show notes. So those of you out there listening, if you go to that sober guy.com, you can, um, you can listen to the episode there and you can also find any of the links that we talk about. Um, what does, uh, you know, all of us, I, I've always been an, an advocate or a, um, you know, I don't even know what the right word is. I don't know if it's advocate, but a, a supporter of every everything works differently for different people. So one thing that might work for somebody doesn't work for someone else um, and vice versa. We all kind of have, you know, different ways that we like to do things. I know for me, like one thing that's key is having a sponsor and trying to stay plugged into community. Um, Those are a couple things that have been huge that I've noticed the biggest difference in, in in my own recovery and just dealing with life in general. Um, I was wondering, maybe you can give a couple of tips that you like to use um, you know, is it a 12 step program? Is it, you know, whatever it might be that really helps you besides that daily routine. Um, can you share a, a one or two of those points? Oh, for sure. And I like to think of it as like a recipe, you know, and, and I spend a lot of time in the kitchen. And so, uh, I, I like to create, um, and, and I think it's a great analogy for what we're talking about is, you know, my, my recovery recipe works works best and tastes the greatest when i find the perfect ingredients to add you know and so i don't really sell out to any one thing i I like variety and i I found that when i'm when i'm dabbling and trying to create the perfect when i'm trying to create the perfect recipe i don't get stagnant you know i don't get Mm -hmm. bored and so there's those hallmark events you know like the meditations and um, the AA meetings, you know, and the discipline and the food and working out and getting, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep. And I like to write, you know, I like to journal. I mean, those are those are the cornerstones of my recovery. But, you know, we have 24 hours in a day. And so um, the biggest pitfall for me is is um, the downtime. Yeah. You know, so I, I like to schedule and I like to be I like to be regimented. And, um, you know, between, between AA, between, um, the gym, you know, between, um, work, you know, between a cooking dinner, between cooking lunch, um, between mentoring kids, um, and, you know, doing, doing all these little things, um, I like to think of it as a recipe. And so, you know, day to day, my recipe is going to be different. You know, I like to play chess, um, as often as I can. Nice. I, I like to do all these, these different things and, and they're all parts of my recovery, you know, and it's not, it's not any one thing. It's, it's using and managing my time as well as I can and, and having the most discipline and structure and being around the best people possible. Dude, isn't chess fucking awesome? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's got, dude, it's got my heart. I started playing chess in jail and I haven't stopped. Yeah. It's uh, like, I have, I'm looking at my, I have a pretty nice chess table right, right next to me in my house. And, right. um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's and I'm not like a phenomenal chess player. It's such a strategic and and um you know it's such it's a hard game. Uh, you know, there's so many different moves, but like it really equates to me to the game of life in a sense because we're constantly trying to think ahead and constantly trying to um, calculate what that next move is going to be. You know, and it's it's just it's a lot of fun. It's training. You know, it's a masterful game. It, it's so beautiful and harmonious how it works. It. It blows my mind every single time I play the game. It blows my mind how beautiful it is. 
I, uh, man, I just had an idea too. I, um, you know, I'll get to, I don't get to play a lot of games in here. There's like a digital chess platform. I don't know what the name of it is. I'm sure there's a couple of them. I'll find one where you can play online. So maybe you and I can hook up and then it's like whenever, you know, throughout the day, okay, boom, it's, it's your move, Tate, like whatever. And then it'll shoot me like an email or a text and it says, boom, Tate's gone. Like, and we can just play a chess game like that. I'm totally down if, if you're down for that. I'm down. Let's do it. That'd be, <laughs> right. that'd be epic. All right, cool. We'll we'll do it. I'll, I'll check it out and we'll uh we'll we'll shoot that over. But um yeah, man, this has been a good time, dude. Like I know uh it's always exciting just to listen to other um, you know, other people's stories and every everyone does have a story and everyone's been through some stuff. Um, you know, what's one piece of advice out there you could share with someone who might be listening who's just maybe struggling right now, they don't really know where to turn. Um, I mean, what 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 would you say to them? Yeah. You know, you're right, and uh, Shane, I'm just grateful that that you've um, spent some time with me here this morning and uh, give me an opportunity to come on your show. You know, Sober Guy Radio, um, Shane Raymer. I've been following you for a long time, and so um, appreciate you know absolutely appreciate the love and excited to see you know how your career develops and um, you got good things in your future, brother. And so I love you, man. Thanks for having me on for sure. Yeah. Um, and then as far you know, as far as the Thank you for that, by the way, bro. That that's super cool of you, man. I appreciate it. Oh, dude, a lot of love for you. And um there's a lot of people here in Arizona too that are that are looking for help, you know. And so between all, all the things that you know, between Sober Guy Radio, um, between connecting with the people that are in recovery, you know, on Facebook and on Instagram and, and social media, and then between, you know, um some of these bloggers that are out doing some like Mark Goodson, Mark Goodson does some great blogging. Yeah. Dan Mountain does some great blog. I mean, you know, those, those guys, they write, they they write, they write and everything that they write um, translates into my life, you know? And so I, I like reading those things too, but you know, if there's any one thing that um, resonates the most with me is the planning and the structure, you know, and the people. And so the more, the more planning, the more structure that, that you can have. And that just works for me. It may not work for everybody, but, um, man, I cringe when I have a, a two hour time window on my hands and I don't really know how to use it because that's a scary scenario for me, you know? And so I got a toolkit and, um, and I'm prepared for the two hour chunks and I'm prepared for the four hour chunks, you know, but all that really comes back to is your structure, you know, how committed to your recovery are you? Um, because one thing I found is that the more commitment I put into it, it creates the life that I've always dreamed of. I mean, the life when I was a little kid and um, envisioned being happy and um, having goals and being successful, you know, to me, that's recovery. It doesn't have to be some um, strapped down event where you're seat belted in and, you know, totally recluse in this little chair um, listening to somebody tell you what you need to do. You know, the empowerment comes when you take the initiative. And um, to create the life that you've always dreamed of, you know, and so if I could share one thing with with one person, it doesn't matter if they've been clean one day or if they've been clean a hundred years. It's that, you know, it's never it's never too late to start new, you know, and live um, every single day, every single minute Um, like you have something important to do, you know. And so I'm starting to catch I'm starting to catch that vision. And that's that's probably the most single important thing in my recovery. Man, that's good stuff, bro. That's that's super good. Thank you for sharing that, man. That's a it's a great little nugget right there. Um, man, well, so let, let's let's wrap this thing up. Um, 
Where can folks find you at Tate? Like if anyone wants to reach out to you, if they, uh, if they want to find some more of your work, uh, where could they do that? You know, the website you mentioned, it, it's in-house treatment.com. Um, we, we have speaking engagement set up. We work with, um, young addicts, uh, you know, we, um, we help families, um, you know, go through the struggle. Um, we can help find treatment, you know, we can do a lot of those things, but the most important thing that we do is just become friends with people, you know? And so that's, that's kind of where this is at right now. We have social media platform built. Um, it's in-house treatment, uh, one word on Facebook and Instagram. And then on Twitter, um, we're in-house treat. And, um, on that Twitter note, I did want to mention the recovery posse on the hashtag is, um, a great component of my recovery too. You know, if you're, if you're in a pinch and you need help, you know, there's a recovery posse online on Twitter that, um, you can tweet to and always get a response from somebody, um, you know, a lot of times quicker than it would, would take for you to maybe call a sponsor or call a friend. It's just another tool that you can put into play. And um, so that's that's the recovery posse hashtag on Twitter. And they help me out a lot, too. Um, and so just look forward to seeing where this thing goes. And like I said earlier, Shane, you know, I appreciate the time. Yeah, man, it's been it's been great, man. I, I do too, man. It's been uh, good chatting with you. I'm looking forward to a chess game. You probably kick my ass, but uh, <laughs> it so- sounds like you had a little more time to uh, to to play it than I have. But uh, it's, it's good stuff, man. Thanks for coming on the show today, Tate. Man, it's been a pleasure, bro. Yeah, anytime, brother. Love you and look forward to following you in the future, Shane. Appreciate it. Right on, man. Much love, too. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, You can get more information at thatsoberguy.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, which is Shane Raymer, or uh, Twitter at 5thatsoberguy or at Shane Raymer. Uh, Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.